0: this morning oh gracious god thank you so much thank you for creating this time together this time together to be your people encouraging and strengthening each other but also to be your people get together in your presence get to experience that grace and forgiveness that you won for us on the cross Father, we thank you for the privilege it is to be called your people and to be able to worship and adore you and to live every day saying you are Lord. Father, we come here because you choose it, you design it, you called us to this place. It's the way you recreated us in Christ that we be together to honor you and praise your name. So, Father, let this time be a glorious time for you. We ask it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Would you go and have a seat this morning? Okay, we are uh, in a series called Get, Getting Rooted in the Basics, and it's just, uh, that's what we're doing, right? We're uh, just looking at some, some uh, basic things, and uh, they're basic, uh, and, and unfortunately, because they're basic, I think they're things that are, that are often uh, uh, just kind of forgotten by us, uh, and certainly there are things, and what we'll talk about today is something that... It's it's so basic, but somehow it seems to be uh, misunderstood out there by the world, right? So let's get right to it. Today, you're going to see the basic statement and say, oh, okay, yeah, basic, basic. Okay, here it is, basic. It's basic. To follow Christ is to be part of his fellowship. We talk about fellowship today. It's just a basic truth. To follow Christ is to be part of uh, his fellowship. But there's something basic and hidden here that we often just miss and it's something that is missed by those out there in the world who say things like, well listen, I believe in God, I just don't need to go to church. Have we heard this before? Hopefully today we'll find an answer for that one, okay? Uh, And this is just such a basic truth that, uh, you know, just blows that whole attitude apart because if you understand this basic truth, it's impossible to think that way it's just incongruent to be able to say i can follow christ i just don't need to go to church why because of this basic statement to follow christ is inherently automatically part being part of the fellowship let me show you in ephesians it says so you are no longer strangers and outsiders you are citizens together with god's people you are members of God's family. And because you belong to Him, you two are being built together. You are being made into a house where God lives through His Spirit. Do you see the things I highlighted for you there? Do you see how it simply says, look, this is who you are? I mean, it's not like somehow we get a choice in the matter. And that's the problem with that theory out there, right? That I, I can follow God, I just don't need to go to church. It means, well, I get to choose. Whether I want to go to church or don't want to go to church, I get to choose whether I want to be part of God's family or don't want to be part of God's family. This doesn't work when you read what Paul says in Ephesians. Paul says, no, you don't get to choose. This isn't a choice thing. This isn't about you deciding. No, if, if you follow Christ, that's already been decided. God has already decided that issue for us. If you follow Christ, he says, look, you are citizens together. If you follow Christ, look, you are members of God's family. that That's just the given. Do you, do you see the principle? It's saying, look, that's not up for you to decide. This is what God does. That, that when you surrender your life to Christ, you say, Jesus is Lord. You move from one place to another place. And in that movement to another place, you become part of another family. Is that a choice? It, it, it's just part of the movement. If you look at the way Peter describes it, he says it this way: Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, you are outsiders and strangers in this world. You see what Peter's saying? Once you were this. But, but now, if you're a Christ follower, if Christ has worked in your life and you've surrendered and received all the gifts and benefits he brings to life, once you were this, but now you're this. Once you were this, but now because of Christ, you're this. And if you're this, it's because he declares you this, not because you somehow get to decide. It's, being part of the fellowship is just simply an inherent part of following Christ. Christ. Let, let me give you a, a simple analogy that you can use the next time you have this conversation with somebody about, you know, I, I, I believe in God, I just, I just don't want to go to that organized church stuff, okay? Here's the way it goes. You know, we know that to follow Christ means we have to have an incredible relationship with God, right? One of these. We got to have an incredible growing discipleship relationship uh, with God. But inherent to that discipleship relationship is a relationship with one another, right? When you put those together, what, what do you get? Well, hopefully you can figure that out, right? You get the cross, right? So to be a cross person, to live in the cross means that you're going to live a relationship with Christ as Lord. You're going to get deeper in discipleship with Christ. You're going to grow and mature in the faith. You're going to have an incredible relationship with Christ. Amen? But if you're going to be a person of the cross, it equally means you're going to have a relationship with His people. If you don't have a relationship with His people, you don't have what? The cross. Get it? I mean, it's inherent. If you're going to be a person of the cross, you've got to have both pieces. You can't just say, I'm going to have this great relationship with God. It's you and I, Lord. Boy, we're, man, fantastic together. No, that is just being like the ball player. Yay! <laughs> now, if you're going to have an incredible relationship with Christ, it's inherent. You've got to grow in a relationship with one another. It's just what he said. Once you were no people, listen, now you're God's people. Now you're part of the people of the cross. And people of the cross are in fellowship. Not because we choose, because we are. It's what God has designed for us, it's what he's chosen for us it's the way he designs it for his people we were recreated in christ in the cross we were recreated to be in fellowship with one another that's what it means to be a cross person we're recreated to be in fellowship with one another jesus prays for that reality he prays for that reality that we would get this this morning that we would understand this basic principle okay It's in the Gospel of John. Jesus says, he's praying to the Father. He says, I've given them uh, the glory you gave me. I did this so they would be one just as we are one. I will be with them just as you are with me. Now, look at this part here. Ready? I want them to be brought together perfectly as one. What does he want? He wants us to be brought together. That's fellowship. He wants us to be brought together. See, before he before he dies, before he experiences the cross, he is praying over the basic principle we're talking about this morning. He's praying over this, this basic awareness that, that nobody will leave this morning without understanding this basic truth, that to be a follower of Christ is to simply be part of the fellowship. It's the way it is. It's not our choice. You may choose which fellowship you're going to be a part of, but from God's perspective, if you're a person of the cross, you are going to be part of a fellowship. That's what he recreated you to do. Paul uses uh, an illustration of that that we're all familiar with to try to help us understand this concept. And if you go in the New Testament, over 30 times in the New Testament, Paul uses this image to try to get this principle through to us. Here's the example of uh, the image in Romans talking about the church as the body, okay? And each of us part of it. He says, Each of us have one body with many parts, and the parts do not all have the same purpose. True? Many parts, one body, but they all work together, right? So also we are many persons, but in Christ we are one body. And each part of the body belongs to all the other parts. Do you see the basic principle we talked about? Think. look, it's like your body, okay? Your body's just all knit together, right? Your finger didn't get to decide whether it was going to be knitted to your body. It's just inherent to be a finger connected to the body. That's just part of being the body, right? I mean, it's the same principle. To be a Christ follower? <laughs> I mean, it's just being part of the body. I mean that you may be a finger, you may be a toe, you may be, you know, an eye an ear, you may be a different part of the body, but it's a given that you're part of the body. Paul uses uh, that same example in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, pretty long section where he talks about that. He says there is one body, but it has many parts. Even though it has many parts, they make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We are all baptized by one Holy Spirit into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Greeks, slaves or free people. We are all given the same spirit to drink. The body's not made of just one part. It's made up of many parts. Same principle. I mean, we're all different. We, we don't have to be clones of each other. It's not like we all have to join the body and be part of the fellowship inherently and start speaking Christianese right? We don't have to speak this special in-house language. No, I mean, we're just all people who have been overcome by the grace of God and and just surrendered to Christ. And because we follow Christ, it means we are part of the body. And as part of the body, we can look different and be different and be whoever it is God has called us to be. We don't have to be clones, but we are all still part of the body. Why is that important? Well, that's important because you were designed to be an important part of the body. That that you were you were designed. Every one of us in this room who who has said Jesus is Lord, we were designed to be an important piece in the body. If you look back at 1 Corinthians again, Paul says, so suppose the foot says, I'm not a hand. So I don't belong to the body. It is still part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. It is still part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? What's he trying to say? Listen, we all have a function in the body. I mean, this is God's design for the kingdom of heaven. That's why it's an automatic. That's why we don't get to choose. Because he's busy designing us... And putting us together. He, he's busy giving you the spiritual gifts you need and designing you and wiring you so you fit intimately into the body of Christ for a purpose. You see, there is a reciprocal relationship that goes on. The body needs you, the body needs you. I mean, the body needs all the parts to make it work, right? The body of Christ, it needs you. You you are intimately designed. You are significantly wired. You are are gifted with specific purposes to fit into the body. Your role in this church is absolutely vital to the movement to the kingdom of heaven. Don't take it for granted. Your fellowship as as part of Christ's church is is significant to the success of God's kingdom in this day and time. You are designed for the body. But it's reciprocal. Equally, the body was designed to encourage you. The body was designed to feed you. It's this reciprocal relationship where you're made for the body and the body is made for you. If you think about it, I mean, you know, take my little finger... You know, I mean, good little thing, right? Everybody likes a little finger. I mean, how would you do tea if you didn't have your little finger, right? I mean, you need the little finger, balance. You need the little finger. What happens if I cut my little finger off and just put it on the shelf over here? Is it good for the rest of my body? No, not good for the rest of my body. I'm missing a little finger. Not a good thing. Is it good for the little finger sitting on the shelf? No, not good for the little finger because it doesn't get blood supply now and it's probably going to shrivel up and, and just turn to dust. See the reciprocal relationship? And that's the way God designed us. That When we surrender to Christ, there's this basic principle that says, look, you're in the body. Why? Because the body needs you because you were designed and gifted for it and you need the body because the body was designed to pour into you and strengthen you and encourage you. Um, Paul says that God God is so involved in this principle that God specifically designs you and places you in the right spot. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. He says God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. Now, I want you to ponder that for a minute this morning. If, if you're part of the, the covenant membership here at Christ Church or you're a regular attender and, and you know, God's moving you to covenant membership, think, think about this. It means that nobody here at Christ Church is here by accident. I mean, you may have come here from a variety of just situations and circumstances, some of them good, some of them not so good, but for whatever reason that God brought you to this place, we don't believe you're here by accident. You are here because Christ church needs you. And you are here because you need the ministry of Christ church. That's the way it works. God has placed you in this place. He has designed you for this place. Because fellowship is what we're wired for. It's automatic. There was a group of uh, women uh, they brought together. And they uh, asked them to design the perfect man. You know, what would be the perfect man? right? What would the perfect man look like? And, you know, what would be the qualities of a perfect man? And uh, so they they thought about all the men in the world, you know, the actors and, you know, prominent people and all this stuff. And they came up with the the perfect man, a picture of the perfect man. Any guesses who the perfect man is? Thank you. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's going to cost me. (laughs) And my wife's not here. She's in another church, Sam. Yeah. Thank you, though. That's awesome. Uh, well, I don't know how awesome it is when I show you the picture, though. Here, here's the picture of the perfect man. <laughs> that's what they came up with. They, they came up with four reasons he's the perfect man, right? He's tan, he's cute, uh, he, he knows the value of ex, uh, accessorizing. Apparently, that's important to you women, right? And, and if he gets out of line or looks at another woman, you can rearrange his face in a moment, okay? Right? That's what they said. Good? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the deal is that, I mean, God is so infinitely wise that, that God is busy working and creating and designing his church, his fellowship. He, He's designing us. We're not, we're not an accident, you see. It's by his choice and by his design and by his purpose. And so when, when you come and you participate in, in the fellowship of this place, it's because God knows you need to be here. For the cause of Christ in this place, you have something to contribute. You were designed to be a significant part of this fellowship. And because you equally need to receive, what this fellowship can pour into you. That's the way it works. Is God awesome or what? This is his design for us. Fellowship is absolutely necessary in our lives. It's absolutely necessary. Paul says, can, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you, right? I mean, we need fellowship. We, we need fellowship, and, and the church needs it's people to be active in the cause of Christ. We need the gifts you bring. We need fellowship. He ends up saying, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. Again, that's that just declarative statement that says, it's not choice. It's what we are. If you're a Christ follower, you're in fellowship. What does it mean for us? How do we get fed? What's the feeding part? We're designed to get involved in the ministry. you are designed to get you know, be part of the body, actively doing something for the cause of Christ. But the body is designed to help us, too. One of the ways it's designed to help us is what we're doing this morning, why we're in this room. We're in this room to worship. And we need worship. Uh, Hebrews 10, and every pastor just loves it that this verse is in the Bible, right? Uh, Hebrews 10 says, Let us not give up meeting together, even though the clocks get changed and we could lose a an hour of sleep. Let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. What's he encouraging? Be in worship. Be in worship. Now, why do you think he's encouraging that? Because he wants to boost the numbers in his church? No. Because he knows worship is vital to our spiritual well-being. Worship is vital to our spiritual well-being. If you look at the whole chunk of... Of, of where this what's, this verse is couched in, this understanding of, look, don't miss worship. If you look at what it's couched in, it says, let us consider how we can stir up one another to love. Let us help one another to do good works. Then he's got in there, let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us cheer each other up with words of hope. Let us do it all the more as you see the day coming when Christ will return. Why is worship important? Because not only does Christ deserve our praise, but we need worship. We need to be stirred up. We need to be encouraged. We need to be strengthened. We, we need to be able to know we're not walking through this experience of life uh, alone. We, we need the companionship of the fellowship of believers right next to us. We need the communion of saints. We need to know that there's people who have gone before us, who have stood the ground, who have acted faithfully and been the body of Christ in their time and place and made a difference. We need to just know that we are in this incredible relationship with God and with one another. Worship reminds us. Every week, worship reminds us. The other thing worship does is worship is our public declaration. And it's that public declaration we make every Sunday morning. Now think about this. So, so you got your house and you got your neighbor's house, and your neighbor is one of those non-believer types, uh, or your neighbor is one of those folks that says, "Hey, I can believe in God. I don't need to go to church." Right? So that's your neighbor. What do you suppose your neighbor thinks every Sunday morning when he gets up and he walks out to get the newspaper out of the mailbox and he sees your car still sitting in the driveway on Sunday morning? A translation well, I guess his Jesus isn't worth getting up for. Worship is a public declaration. It is that way we publicly declare every single week and we say, absolutely, Jesus is worth everything in our life, especially in our Worship isn't only vital to us in encouraging and strengthening us, it's that reciprocal relationship. Worship is vital because it makes that absolute declaration to the church and to the world. Here's what you got to think of. We looked at that Hebrews passage where it said, "Hey, don't 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 get in that bad habit of being outside of worship, right? That some people are doing that, but don't be in that bad habit. Make sure you're in worship." That's what he was saying. Think about when he said it. Hebrews wrote that statement when the church was in a period of persecution. Hebrews wrote that statement when Christians were being arrested and persecuted. For being Christians, and yet he said, doesn't matter. You need to make that public statement and go to worship. How important is it that we go to worship? It's important because we get fed, and it's important because it is our public declaration, and we know we get fed. Worship is that place where we come to the table every single week, where we come to the table, we experience that incredible grace of God, where where we get reminded about that incredible gift that Jesus gave us in dying for each one of us so our life can be different. We need worship because worship is that place he promises to be. We need worship because when we come to the table, like Paul says, we get fed, we get strengthened, and we get encouraged. That's why we do it at Christ Church every single week because we need it. It's part of fellowship. Now, you won't be surprised by this one either, Right? Fellowship is not just a Sunday morning experience. It's an everyday opportunity. And that means for us, especially at Christ Church, it means being in relationship and fellowship with one another in small groups. We need to be in small groups. I mean, Sunday morning is awesome. It's a public decoration. We need to be encouraging and strengthening one another. That's why you're wearing name tags now here at Christ Church, so you get to know each other, you can call each other by name. If you haven't done that yet, go get your card. Do that, right? Encourage and strengthen. But it's also every week. If you look at the book of Acts and the early believers, it says the believers studied what the apostles taught. They shared their life together. They broke bread and they ate together. Now, how often do you suppose that happened? Once in a while? Sunday after church? No, it says every day they met together in the temple courtyard. In their homes they broke bread and they ate together. And their hearts were glad and honest and true Following Christ, being in fellowship, is an everyday experience. It's an everyday experience. It's an everyday opportunity. See, there's folks I know in this room right now this morning who are struggling. There's stuff going on in your life that's really difficult. And God designed fellowship. He designed his bride so that this church could be part of your life. And it's in that small group place. It's in that place when you're surrounded by other Christians where there's going to be people praying for you. There's going to be people encouraging you. There's going to be people stirring you up. You're going to be studying the word. It's the place where you get reminded every day. You don't walk it alone. That there is not only a God who cares for you, but there's a people who care for you. Last one. Fellowship means serving one another. Fellowship's important to us, but it's important to the world. It means that we serve one another and we serve the world. Paul says my brothers and sisters, you were chosen to be free. But don't use your freedom as an excuse to live in sin. Instead, do what? Serve one another. Serve one another. See, fellowship is absolutely vital. That's why God made this basic principle. Just it's just a basic principle. Basic principle. You don't get to choose whether you be in fellowship or not. You may choose the place. But you don't get to choose about fellowship. If, if you follow Christ, fellowship is just part of following Christ. It, it's just part of the package. If you follow Christ, then you'll follow him into the lives of other people. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you so much that uh, it is your infinite design. that is your infinite wisdom that doesn't rely on us, but it's your infinite wisdom that you have designed us to be in fellowship with one another and to be that incredible force in the world called the church. So, Lord, we pray that you would just uh, convict us of this basic truth and help us to be committed, committed to not only walk with Christ but to walk with one another. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name.